and welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bub and the Bloom, episode 98, continuing our positional previews for the 2024 fantasy baseball season, heading over to first base. It's going to be a fun one. It's a position of people think it's really, really not great anymore, or it's deeper than we expect. So we will dive into that with our normal ADP trends and much, much more. Before all that, you can find me on Twitter at BDNTrick, the podcast at Bubba Bloom Pod. And my co-host, as always, on Twitter at Ryan BHQ. Ryan Bloomfield, how are we doing, my friend? Doing pretty good, man. I um, I guess, I mean, not really much happens between like our Tuesday and Thursday mm-hmm. pod. It's just kind of the middle of the week, and we try and get through it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess we I, I joined a new draft, and, and you decided to hop in. Yeah, that's so fun. I, it actually is a it's actually a really fun one. It's a it's a it's a draft and hold on the nfbc we are sandwiching justin mason which let's try and not visualize that but we're at one two and three you've got the one pick we've got frank emirante in there mike curland's in there uh rico's in there john fish zach waxman lots of uh lots of friends in that league and we're already like a day later into the eighth round so um so yes that is what i've been up to i guess since our last show how are you doing I'm doing well. Doing well. I was already doing one draft. You twisted I my mean, arm. You, you twisted dude, my arm. Bad. You twisted my arm into that one. And then Yancey Eaton texts me on Thursday, got me into another one. So yeah, we're in full so, we're in full draft season now, folks. Yeah. The backstory was like I was gonna join the same league as Bubba Tuesday night, and I didn't. I, I looked Wednesday morning and it had already filled. And I was like, oh, I guess I'll just start a, a new one. So I was the first one to enter. I'm like, no way, Bubba's. I mean, he just he just joined another league. No. Don't know you well enough, I guess. Yep, yep. You know me pretty darn good compared to most, but every once in a while, like it's it's the draft season itch, man. Like you get going and it's fun, and and the biggest thing is it's a fun group we got going in that one. When you you know the NFBC, you can like tell your buddies to sign up or whatever, but um, to actually all get into the same league is a little harder than normal, I guess, depending on which leagues you're going into. So it's fun to draft with everybody in Jan- like January. It's full go football season into the postseason, so who cares? Like it's it's go time. We're doing positional previews. Um, I'm doing team previews, so I'm like I'm attacking players at all angles, and I'm kind of getting my uh, feel for what I like to see right now. So uh, I'm up in the ante in the draft world and, and seeing if it if it was worth paying in for or not. So time will tell. I have yet to take a first baseman in that draft through my first eight picks. So well, you pick maybe tonight we'll help. Tonight will help me out. I am on the clock pretty soon after you. But yep, so I have I have Christian Walker in that draft, and my other two drafts going on right now. I have Pete Alonso in both of them. So we got power from the corner coming in, coming in hot in my drafts. Uh, speaking of drafts, though, listener auction leagues, which we've been talking about here, fifty dollar entry. All you got to do is give a rate and review on iTunes, Spotify, whatever form works for you. I'm pretty sure that's the only two you can do. But if you can find a new one and you can rate and review it, bring it on. Just give a DM to myself or Ryan and let us know that you, you did that. We'll get you on the list. We basically have two full leagues right now, if you add Ryan and I into the mix there. Uh, again, if we get to four or more, we will have a pretty awesome prize. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not, you guys are probably getting annoyed, but I'm just going to keep teasing it until we get there because I feel bad if we don't get to four we don't do a prize. It's kind of like a, not cool, but uh, at least that kind of prize. We'll probably do something anyways. But, um, yeah, come join the fun $50. It's an auction, NFBC auction format, which is an amazing tool that everyone's talked about. I've never done it though. So looking forward to it. Ryan's never done it. And what's really cool is a lot of the listeners that have messaged us 
they're like excited because they've never done it either. And that's the whole purpose behind this is like, let's all have some fun. Let's learn together. Let's play some fantasy baseball. Um, We already have a couple industry people in there that are listeners that gave ratings and reviews. So we're good there. And um, so you might even play with other people besides just me and Ryan. So you got that going too. We're all learning together. Yeah. I talked about that last time. So um, this is definitely not a high stakes exclusive thing with the sharks, at least speaking for you and me. Um, Interested to see what the draft software looks like for, NFBC because I've only heard awesome things. Awesome so, things, yeah. like the fact you can do an auction in like three to three ish hours, three and a half hours, was unheard of to me in any other format before this platform. So that's pretty good. It, that 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 spins wheels around the first pitch Arizona auction, which we do. Yes. I think in, I think four hours for a twelve team league, and that's going pretty fast. It can go like six hours, which again, like in person auction is probably the best like draft day experience if anything so really kind of what's the rush but yeah if you're on a computer for five six hours that's that's no good even though that's what many of us do with our day jobs anyway yep for sure i digress so so again hit us up on on that if you guys are interested the more the merrier again four or more teams right now they're 15 team leagues so we need at least another 30 of you, give or take. I'll say 25. We'll probably figure out the rest. But we will tweet this out here in the next week or so. And I'd imagine that'll help fill up the four teams pretty quickly in that regard. But um, <laughs> Kevin Hastings goes, four hours. Is Jeff Erickson the auctioneer? Uh, no. No. Who is it, Ryan? Jeff's a quick one. Jeff's a quick one. Um, the auctioneer, auctioneer this year was Brian Feldman. Oh, that's right. That's right. Feldman. Who is awesome. You were doing the computer. That's what it was. Feldman was the auctioneer. Yeah, Feldman was awesome because I came in and sat there after I helped run the uh, best ball draft for the second straight year. Yeah. I rolled over there because that only takes like maybe two hours. And um, so I was checking it out. And uh, yeah, Feldman, that dude moves. It was impressive. Um, I've only got to meet him a couple times. I've, I've, I've heard him on the radio when he's doing tout wars and stuff, helping with those auctions. But uh, that was impressive. Very impressive. All right, first base preview, folks. Let's have some fun here. We got your Bloom board from Mr. Ryan Bloomfield here. We're going to go over the top 10 in ADP over the last 10 or so drafts, give or take, as we were finding out the ADPs were changing weirdly, uh, like the total number of drafts were. Uh, and then we'll go 11 through 20, give a couple picks we like there. Then we'll go deeper, give a couple picks we like there, just like the Catcher Podcast. That's how pretty much all these are going to be. But we'll, re- we'll re- refresh you just in case you're jumping in new. But before we start, Unlike last time, I'll let Ryan have the floor here because I was real giddy with catchers, of course. Um, you, went, you went right into players last yeah, time. Yeah, I, I, I was I, all I, in. I took note of that. That's like putting you know a fat kid next to a cupcake. You, you're not going to be able to explain to me what's going on with the cupcake. Um, but, Ryan, why don't you explain the bloom board here so the listeners or the viewers, I guess, have a better idea of what's going on. Yeah, it's basically your top 30 uh, based on preseason ADP from the last 10 drafts on the NFBC. And uh, so I've got every every first baseman listed, their ADP, and then their steamer projection color-coded so that we can see, especially stolen base column, a lot of red. Uh, but it's just a nice way to see where in drafts certain categories may be available um, or cliffs and that sort of thing. So that's what we've got. Um, just looking at this from a macro can I ask level. A real question. Real quick, yeah, real quick question. Ahead. Um, are the color coded based on other first basemen or the stat in general? Other first basemen. Just want to just want to clarify because yeah. like the power numbers, like some would see twenty four and be cool, but it's like pink. And so I, I just want to clarify that. Back to you. 
and yeah, like Cody Bellinger is projected by Steamer for 18 steals. That's bright green. Like if we compared that to outfielders, for example, yeah. um, it'd probably be pretty neutral white. But cool. so yeah, yeah, it's just uh, compared to other first basemen cool. on the All screen. Right. Um, I don't know. The biggest thing that like stands out to me, just looking at this, is the lack of batting average, at least projected batting average available at the position this year you've got one two three four five six seven looks like nine first baseman projected to hit only nine over 270 um there's a lot of power at the position a lot of upper 20s 30 home run guys and then as we would expect um not many stolen bases but there are first basemen who run like you're you're not going you don't need to take a zero or even a five in stolen bases at first base uh we'll talk about some of these guys oh almost all of them but like you've got freddie freeman harper cody bellinger projected double double digit stolen bases but then you've got a lot from like the five to ten range vlad goldie christian walker spencer steer josh naylor uh anthony rizzo which i I contend with but uh but you do have some options to be able to kind of chip away a little bit um at first base and that that's something that's i think pretty new to me and and probably a direct result of the rule changes last year so those were those were kind of the big things just macro level that stood out to me looking at uh the top 30 adp yeah 100 with you and that's one reason why outside of like the pete alonzo pick i like a lot is there are a few other guys we're going to talk about where I kind of like him even more for the fact that I get that five to ten stolen bases from the position. As silly yep. as it might sound, it, it adds up. It's like we joke about catchers and steals. Well, first base, there you go, five to ten. Like that's the kind of same same idea in that regard. All right, let's get cracking at it. First baseman, first one off the board with an ADP of nine over the last ten or so drafts is Freddie Freeman. And we know he had a monster 2023 campaign, uh, was um, – one of the runner-ups in the MVP race behind one Ronald Acuna Jr. Of course, Freeman went on to hit 331 last year. That was his fourth straight season over 300, and that is seven of the last eight years. The one year he didn't, 295. Got the power back, stole a career-high 23 bags. What's your thoughts on Freddie Freeman, who is – if he can steal like this, you know, nine might not even be doing him justice. I know. I mean, yeah, to go from 13 in 2022, which was a career high to 23 in 2023, that that was just outrageous. I don't I don't think we can expect that again, but like I might even take the over on Steamer's 13 stolen bases for Freddie Freeman. Um, he's the clear class of the first base position. And I think really the question that you're going to ask with Freddie Freeman this season is like, how high do you take him in the first round? Um, I would make the case that Freddie Freeman is a top five overall pick ADP of nine. But I, in our draft where we have the, where I had the third pick that we're currently in, I heavily considered Freddie Freeman there. Um, That may be his men. I don't know. I just think the market's not accounting for just how much of a boost that batting average is for Freddie Freeman. Um, You listed it out kind of on the intro there, Bubba, but like if Freddie Freeman does what he does the last, does what he did the last two seasons, hits 325, 330, and does that over 700 plate appearances in that lineup. That is such such a cushion to batting average. Um, I put Baseball HQ's projections into um, the NFBC's valuations, and Freddie Freeman comes out as the number two overall hitter 
uh, behind Acuna. And like you tack on, I, I mentioned the lineup already, but you tack on the consistency of Freddie Freeman. You tack on like 15 steals. You can make the case for this guy as a top five. I would even argue top three pick, even though he's not going that early. I think what's holding him back is the lower stolen base total compared to others that are going in the mid first round. But again, that batting average boost is just so massive. Um, I think that even outweighs the lower stolen bases. Yeah, and and to me, it's like the three twenty five plus over the last two years is is awesome. Like I was saying, seven of the last eight years over three hundred. Yeah, and the, the down year was two ninety five. Like in this era of baseball, two ninety five is tremendous. But yeah, obviously the three twenty five plus is it's game changer stuff. Like that's what you're you're drafting Luis Arise for later on, but he does nothing else for you. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you can get Freddie, that's why Corey Seager gets bumped up so much. We'll talk about him next Thursday. Um, he he gets that that batting average boost as well. Except the difference between those two. Freddie stays on the field consistently year after year. Obviously, anything can happen at any given time, but Freddie's shown that ability to play pretty much every day. Um, he's going to play on a great lineup in in LA, of course, and that's just to, it's going to be re- returning value in uh, in diamonds, not spades. It's going to be absolutely beautiful with Freddie. So I'm with you. It's it's a a monster pick. I have zero shares so far because. I guess I'm either too high or too late in the first round. He falls in, in between me every time, and that's just been the, uh, the my problem, at least. I mean, there's other good. I like. I mean, I think you said you took Kyle Tucker with the fourth pick in one of yeah. your one of your recent drafts. Like, I mean, that's fine pick. I just I think Freeman's up I there, it. if not above those guys. I get it, and that's one of the reasons I like to do a bunch of drafts, and so do others. Diversification. Like, let's let's dance. Let's yep. get a few shares. Like, I was happy. I finally got my first Bobby Witt share. Tonight in in the draft I joined with Yancey, I'm like I haven't got any of those yet, so that's fun, and we can see how to build a team around that. Because as we were talking before the show, that shortstop second base position starts to dwindle a little more than you'd like in the comfortable nature of life. But we're talking first base tonight, so let's head to Matty Olson, ADP of 17, uh, and he's coming off one of his best seasons, 283 average, best of his career, uh, 54 bombs, which is by far the best of his career. Uh, 127 runs, 139. Like, dude just went bonkers and gets overshadowed because of Ronald Acuna Jr. on his team. Like, that's just the craziness of it all. But Olsen's awesome. I guess for me, the difference between, like, an Olsen and uh, Freeman is Freeman's done it year after year where Olsen's done it, like, every other year. And then he kind of falls because it's usually the plate discipline. But we can't really say that that much anymore because it was pretty much in line last year except he walked more than last year. And it's just been, you know, outside of striking out a ton in 2020, this is kind of where he's been since 2018, if you want to just, like, kind of look at the basics of it. So he's figured something out, or it's just he's in an amazing offense or both. But Olsen was awesome. Still no shares for me, though. And, and I think probably not many shares for me at, at the price. Uh, the, 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 the key word that I heard you mention three or four times there, Bubba, was career high, career high, mm-hmm. career high. Um we know who Matt Olson is. We we have a very large sample size of, of what Matt Olson can do. What, what Matt Olson can do is very impressive, but it's it, you're buying him coming off a absolute career year, and I think the price tag for Matt Olson, you're you're paying a lot for last year's stats, and I just I just think he was over his head. Like it was just one of those years where it was just a hell of a year, and everything combined, perfect storm. And that happened. So the previous two years before, if we, if we strike 2023, yes, it happened. He was a top five player overall in fantasy last year. But the previous two years, Matt Olson hit 271, 39 home runs in 2021. 
2022, he only hit 240 and he hit 34 home runs. Matt Olson's ADP the previous two seasons, 46, 44, and now it's 17. Again, just that kind of like law of regression. I think everything just kind of comes back a little bit. And what you're getting for Matt Olson is basically zero steals. And I think a little bit of batting average risk relative to some other guys that are going this early. Um, and there are a few other players. I mean, we'll talk about Pete Alonzo in a little bit, but like, I think you're just buying at, at peak. Matt Olson's not a bad pick at all. Um, but I just think he's like a three and a half category guy. And there's a chance like he falls back to what we saw in 2022, which again was 240 and 34 home runs. Like that's, that's certainly within his range of outcomes. What we saw last year was the high, high end in my opinion. Yeah. And career years, but it's funny because I'm with you. Like, he might hit more like 40, which is still very good. But um, sure. Yeah. Like you mentioned, Pete Alonzo going later. And honestly, this guy that's going one pick after him in ADP 18 is Bryce Harper. Uh, yep. I'm much more inclined to take Harper over Olsen pretty much every single time. And there's a few reasons. Batting average consistently has been good, especially over the last three seasons. Hit 293 last year in 126 games. Obviously, missed the start of the year coming back from his. Uh, brace surgery type Tommy John type thing hit 21 homers stole 11 bags in this short period in, an, in a great offense as well OBP machine uh, so they got that going for them but the, the power speed and consistency over his career gives me Bryce Harper all day long and it's one of those now he's a year removed from the injury he's pretty much going to be the first baseman again like they, they just kind of locked into that with him so he's going to get more comfortable with the position which people always think first base is so easy and I I fight back on that for someone who's played first base my whole life. It's um, it's not as easy as people think, uh, just because you don't run around everywhere. There's a lot going on there. Bryce Harper's a, a beast, and this guy I think is in for one of those MVP type seasons coming up here in uh, Citizen Bank Park. Agreed. I would take Harper over Olson. I've got that in my notes here. Um, the 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 ramp up was a little bit slow for Bryce Ham Harper, but the skills were pretty vintage once he got healthy, once he got going in the second half 52 barrels for Bryce Harper last year to just 21 home runs. I'm a big home run per barrel guy. Like that home run total probably should have been closer to 30 uh, for Harper last year. And you, you mentioned it, but the strong, strong batting average baseline, he runs, he's got double digit stolen bases in each of the last four full seasons. Yes. Including last year, I could see Bryce Harper stealing 20 bags over a full season this year uh, without any kind of health um, limitations. So yes, Bryce Harper, I I'm, I'm more than comfortable grabbing him. If you're in like a 15 team league at the, at the back of your draft at that wheel. Um, I think Bryce Harper gives you that five categories that, that sticks out quite a bit at, at first base. And I'd, I'd go Harper over Olsen. I know the ADP 17, 18, the market says they're pretty much a toss-up too, but uh, Harper's my number two uh, first baseman. Yep, Harper's my number two as well for those keeping track at home. <laughs> Olsen's my number four because big meat Pete. Oh, you got Pete ahead of him. All right. Number three. And it comes down to anybody that listens to our show enough. I know we keep saying it, but I'm reminding people because we are getting new listeners. And you guys are awesome. I'm a consistency guy, especially early in drafts. Like I might take a few chances here and there, but not very often. And one thing Pete does is consistently drop 40 or 40-ish bombs at 46 last year. These are totals of the RBI run production consistency. But people will say that, and I, I won't steal all your thunder here. The 217 average last year, I think it's pretty safe to say fluke. 
after hitting 262 and 271. Um, the quality of contact metrics, the, the barrel rate was back to 2021 numbers. Uh, the, the hard hit rate was down, but there's some reasons for that that I know you will mention in a tweet that you had a second ago. So I love Big Meat Pete. I think he's in, in for a bounce back season. Uh, he wants to leave town and, and make some more money. So this is another thing to think about with Pete Alonzo. So um, I got him as my number three first baseman. I've drafted him in two of the three drafts I'm in right now. So better be pretty good. What's your thoughts on Big Meat Pete? If Pete actually had a lower strikeout rate than Matt Olson last year, the um, we talk about BABIP uh, quite a bit, and that's that's one of – so it's batting average on balls in play, league average around 300. Um each player tends to set their own 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 Babbitt, but it's it's very tight with batting average. It's basically your strikeout rate and your Babbitt. You can pretty much get close to what you hit uh, last year. Pete Alonzo had a 205 Babbitt last year, which I tweeted this out, but was not only the lowest in baseball, in all of baseball in 2023, it was the lowest in all of baseball over the last 13 years. Like I didn't, I didn't realize how unlucky. And yes, this is on, this is unlucky, um, especially given Alonzo's baseline BABIP. Uh, the previous two seasons of, if I've got it here, two seventy nine and two seventy four. So two seventy nine, two seventy four, two oh five. Like this batting average is coming way up, maybe to even to the point where it rivals Matt Olson. Uh-huh. And I think the power is just as good as Olson's as well. The last bit that i'll just throw in here for pete alonzo is he got hurt last yep. year in either late may or early june wrist injury and i don't know if you remember this but like he was supposed to be out for yeah he never even went on the il i don't think or it was like minimum i think it was min- yeah i think it was yeah. i think he went on but i think it was minimum but he was yeah. supposed to be out like weeks mm-hmm. and uh june so we came back 10 10 days off or whatever june was by far Pete Alonso's worst month hit like 154, I think, with four home runs. Um, like so, so you you also tack on the 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 fact that he was playing hurt in the middle of the season as well. And I think unlike Olson, who you're buying off of a peak season, mm-hmm. I think Pete Alonso, you're buying off of an all-time low season. And really, those two guys' baselines, if you go year over year over year, are pretty damn close. Yep. So give me a Give me a full round almost discount on Alonzo um, at the price, and I'll take that over uh, Matt Olson. Yeah, and uh, this might probably isn't a bold take, but if you want the separator between the two, Alonzo is still more bases than Matt Olson. So you got that going for you as well. Yeah. I'll, I'll just throw that out there for fun. Olson uh, does have, just to give Olson some credit, he does have the far better lineup. I will will say oh, that. So your counting stats are a little bit, little bit higher ceiling there, but, but yeah. Yep. Can't, can't disagree with that at all. The fifth first baseman off the board is Vladito, ADP of 34. People just can't quit him. Um, hit 264 last year, which is the lowest since 2020, almost the lowest of his career. 26 home runs, the lowest in the last three seasons. Uh, didn't get to 100 RBIs. Uh, the run scored at 78. It's, uh, folks, it's, um, it ain't good when you look, for me at least, when you look at, Vlad's numbers, his ground ball rate, you know, was better than it was last year. It just, I don't know. I've been anti-Vlad forever, and I'm just kind of sick of saying it over and over again, I guess. What do you have on Vlad? Are you in? Because I'm never in on Vlad. I'm in. I didn't think I'd be in, but I think I'm in, man. Um, A few reasons why. First off, you know, I always come up with 
crazy stats to just pop off with. But five hitters last year, Bubba, with a 20% strikeout rate or less, which is really good, mm-hmm. and who hit the crap out of the ball. 92 mile an hour. Bo Naylor number one. Bo Naylor was not on the list. Was, <laughs> must uh, not have qualified. Gotcha. Yeah, must must not, <laughs> have, must not have hit the uh, plate appearance minimum. It's Juan Soto, Ronald Acuna, Corey Seager, Yandy Diaz. It's good company. Betts and Vlad Jr. So I guess there's six. It's good company, though. There are only two with a 15% strikeout rate and that high of an exit velocity. It's Ronald Acuna and it's Vladimir Guerrero Jr. There are, it is a rare, rare talent to put the ball in play as often as Vlad Jr. does and hit the ball as hard as Vladimir Guerrero Jr. does. Um, I get the ground ball rate. Like, it hasn't been good, but like you mentioned, Bubba, it was up last year, 46%, or sorry, it was down, which is a good thing, um, down from 52% in 2022 to 46% last year. The fly ball rate ticked up to 35% last year and 38% in the second half. Um, I don't think the Blue Jays lineup is going to be this bad again. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is only 25 years old. We've seen what peak Vladimir Guerrero Jr. can do. That's 311, 48 homers. Uh, with gobs of runs and RBI. I know some of that was minor league ballpark, yada, yada. And I'm not saying Vladimir Ju- Vladimir Guerrero Jr. rebounds to that level. But like I just said with Pete Alonzo, I think Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has a baseline that is really high. And we are buying at an ADP for Guerrero that is very low. So um, this might be the first time where I'm actually considering Vlad Jr. in the third round for all those reasons. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to do our recap show right before the draft season. And Ryan has zero shares of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. <laughs> I'm kidding, 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 kidding. I might not. I might I'm not. Kidding. But there are, dude. I think there's. So where do you have Vlad on first base rankings? Like is uh, he I'm fourth? Oh my! I have him fifth? fifth. I have him fifth. Almost made him six. Almost made him six. But I have him fifth right now. I still respect the talent. I'm just. He, he's too high for me because, like, the guy going after him at pick 61 or the guy at pick 88 or 92, like, I'll take my chance. Like, I love the guy at 92, which we'll talk about. Like, I, I don't see how Christian Walker, besides maybe batting average, can't do what Vlad does. He can't do what Vlad does. He can't hit for that batting average. I said besides batting. Yeah, you did say, yeah that's right. You did say besides that, But is that worth it? That's worth, a big deal. And a better 60, lineup. And batting 60, average means runs in over 60 picks. Christian Walker was on a World Series contending team. Well, they they were they were hot. They were hot at the right time. Sorry, Will Garofalo. I apologize, okay. but okay, okay. Well, we'll talk about Christian Walker in a minute. But yeah, Vladito, hey, prove me wrong. I'll be all about. It. I said I was sorry when you did it once, and every other year, I just smirk. So we're good uh, on that regard. Uh, we want to talk about career years. Cody Bellinger, everyone has an ADP of sixty-one right now. He's a sixth first baseman. Off the board, 307 average, best since 2019. 26 home runs, best since 2019. 20 stolen bases, best of his career. Uh, Bellinger had a great season. Strikeout rate dropped. He almost made your cut at 15.6% K rate down there. Um, The dude's really, really good last year. Made some adjustments after some horrific seasons in baseball. Free agent right now, so no idea where he's going, obviously. Some kind of torn on him come draft day. I have zero shares. I think he's going to be really good, but I don't know if I want to pay this increased value 
for Bellinger, but I, I'm torn because like I'm much more intrigued by him than I am like Vladito, but I still don't have any Bellinger on my team. Yeah, Bellinger for me is one of the like hardest guys to project. Like, and I don't know. I know we're supposed to have all the answers in these previews or whatever, and be hundred percent right. Yeah. Uh, but we're not. Um, and I'm not. Never gonna will pretend. be either, folks. Never <laughs> will be. And I'm not going to pretend to have the answers with Cody Bellinger, but I'll I'll at least lay out like the pros and cons uh, with Bellinger. I mean, the biggest thing that we saw from Bellinger last year was contact strikeout rate drop. I mean, that was one of the biggest drops in all of baseball to go from 27% strikeout rate, which is pretty bad to really good 16% strikeout rate last year. Now that does not mean Cody Bellinger will stay at 16% next year. More than likely, Matt Olson did this a few years ago. More than likely, Cody Bellinger's K rate will jump back up into the 20s. That's that's how regression works. Um, however, that's still a really good gain. Like, no, he's not going to hit 307 again. But like, I think Steamer's projection of what what do they got? A 257. I think he's yeah. I think he's like a 260-ish hitter. The other big thing with Bellinger, he runs. He runs. So he had the second most stolen bases of any first baseman last year outside of Freddie Freeman. Um, unlike Freeman, I can see Bellinger repeating that. Although with the batting average drop, maybe you don't get as many chances to run. Um, so those are the plus sides. Like the downside, he had 26 barrels on 26 home runs. Uh-huh. Like the power. So here is here is the power has like steadily declined. Cody Bellinger, the last five seasons, 12%, 9%, 7%, 8%, 6% last year with a 31% hard hit rate. That's really bad. That's not good at all. I remember, real quick, I remember that's why even last year's preview, the barrel rate and hard hit rate was like, I, I'm not interested. Like, it's just not what you want for a power bet. But sorry, yeah. it got worse. No, it's, <laughs> it got yeah. worse. Like, I, I don't even, like, I take the under on Steamer's 25 home run projection. I just, I don't see, and maybe, I don't know, maybe it goes to cores or whatever, but. Uh, I, I doubt it, but um, I just, I, 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 that's the downside is like the power doesn't come back. The K rate naturally with regression goes back up and the batting average falls and thus not as many stolen bases. Um, that's kind of where I'm at with Cody Bellinger. That said, if I plug HQ's projections in the NFBC formula, he's the 21st best hitter and being drafted at the 38th best hitter. So like the projections say there is, quite a profit at Bellinger's ADP because I think a lot of people are expecting Bellinger to fall back from what we saw this year, which kind of makes sense. But then he also has 2019 to him too. That's what I mean. Like this guy is just, it's so hard. He's also 28. He's not old. He's not old. He he could have tweaked something, but so there's that argument. But then like, I'm a guy that when you look at those, those power metrics you were talking about, it wasn't a one-year thing there either. It's just been a consistent downfall. And that just yeah. cons- – I don't care what tweaks you made at the plate. That's concerning. Like, Coors Field, Yankee Stadium, okay, we have a conversation. What if the Giants sign him? That is not going to bode well. Like, that just won't bode well type thing. And the Giants won't sign him because we don't sign anybody of relevance. But yeah, um, don't need to worry about that. Yeah, so don't – we just cross that joke off the list. But um, it's, it's just one of those things. If he doesn't go to the right ballpark, it's like, hmm. Where do we go for this one? So or he's one of those guys. He's a guy that – run. Yeah, yeah, they would let him run. That's true. The, the thing is, I wouldn't be surprised if he succeeds again, and I wouldn't be surprised if he falls again. That's why exactly. he's, he's such a hard guy. Like you said to, to preview, he's, he's just so hard for me to draft because 
when I'm drafting guys, even at pick 61, we're talking four or five turn uh, in, in a 15-teamer. I'm still looking, and there's still stability all around there. And then we've also talked, that's where a lot of pitchers are going. Like if you want your next yeah. range of guys that aren't quite in the ace tier but pretty close, could be guys you see getting ace tiers. Like Cody Singa is a guy I've been taking a lot in that range over Cody Bellinger. Things in that regard. Um, it just makes it really difficult for me to draft Cody Bellinger uh, right now. Yeah, that, that's another good point is, and and I know this is just one draft, you know, whatever. But in this draft we're in together, there was a run of uh, 15 out of 16 picks were pitchers. Cody, in, at the four, end of the fourth round and beginning of the fifth round, Cody Bellinger was one of the first bats taken after that run. Uh, but it kind of goes to what you were saying, Bubba, is it, it, at least a, lo- a lot of the room is taking, I took Rysel Iglesias and Logan Webb. I'm taking my closer and my second starter mm-hmm. at that point in the draft. That's basically what you did. You took Alexis Diaz yeah. and Cody Senga. So um, I, I that and the just the uncertainty that I've laid out, like I'm probably not grabbing Bellinger just because I don't like uncertainty. Yeah, like I'll save it for the outfield show because I'm, I'm, he's going to be good. <laughs> He'll be going close to Nolan Jones, but that's a great just like – mind-blowing what to do with both those guys conversations going right next to each other um you when you have your next bloom board one of these days that comes out with uh 2023 main event to 2024 dc risers and adp i'll be curious to see where bellinger lands because you just came out with fallers and that's where paul goldschmidt lands uh goldschmidt right now has an adp of 88 as the old man is coming down the turn here father time was ticking uh, on him he's 36 he's gonna be 36 this season last year hit 268 lowest batting average since 2019 25 home runs lowest since 2016 still swiped 11 bags though like it wasn't a complete loss season but where you drafted him last year much better first basements before and after him but that stat line at pick 88 maybe interests some doesn't really interest me like i said i like christian walker who's going right after him and there's a bunch of young guns going after that so um i'm haven't haven't pushed the draft button on Goldschmidt. I'm not sure I'm going to this year. What's your thoughts on Paul Goldschmidt? Uh damn. I, I I'm all over him, man. I'm all over him. So the the narrative around Goldschmidt is so you did mention the ADP fall, um, which was which was good. That was in my notes. Was it was a 26 ADP last year. Um despite the bad season, according to the Rasball player raider, Paul Goldschmidt finished 64th among all players not just hitters finished 64th so you're saying if if paul goldschmidt just repeats last year's bad season he's he's a 20 pick profit and i would even argue based on what paul goldschmidt has done over his career and not even his career but recently i mean in 2021 2022 he hit 294 hit 317 hit 30 plus home runs Mm -hmm. in each of those two seasons triple digit runs uh basically triple digit rbi like both of those um i think even if you buy goldschmidt at what he did last year you're getting a profit and i actually think like there's positive regression coming for Paul Goldschmidt. I don't think this is the beginning of the end for him. He's 36. Yes, he's getting up there, but uh, you're kind of weighing that the continued age decline versus does he kind of rise back up to where his natural ability is? And I'm leaning more on the first, but even if it doesn't happen, like I said, at 88, Paul Goldschmidt's already like there's built in profit there. You know what this reminds me of, honestly, and this is where you're probably going to put make, you know, pie on my face on this one. 
this feels like Altuve all over again. When Altuve fell, he got old, and then he just crushed it. And mm-hmm. and, and you don't need him to be the dude drafted at 26 anymore, kind of like what you're saying. So I don't disagree with what you're saying, but uh, I'm just not there. And, uh, the last bit of Goldie talk I'll have for the people that love this um, this word that gets people really excited. He went to driveline. So uh, he got back he did. Hastings, Hastings just posted it as I said it. There's videos of Goldie at driveline. There's videos of him talking about how he's always one to like to tweak things and improve on his game. Like he acknowledged that things were going downhill. I need to go get work on it. So he's grinding his rear end off at 36 to get better. Yeah. So you got, got that going too. I mean, and, and Paul Goldschmidt has made what? 200, 300 million dollars. He doesn't need to go to driveline. He's yeah. set. He could go back set. to his house in Arizona and call it good. Like he doesn't need to. Dude, yeah. I'm bumping him more. Hastings. Good one. I like yeah. it. But I'll make a bet and if, on this one if you want. The next first baseman off the board, the eighth first baseman off the board with an ADP of 92 is Christian Walker. Um, I'm a huge Christian Walker dude. The weird thing is he's going to be 33. I think most of us would have thought he was younger than this. At least I would have. Yes. But Walker, 33 home runs, back-to-back years over 30. Hit 258. The average has climbed back up over the last few seasons. Drove in over 100 runs for the first time in his career. Stole 11 bases, which I think is very important. He stole eight in 2019. And the D-backs have proven they like to run. That that team will run. So we got a dude that can get you 30-plus homers, maybe 10-plus steals, uh, 100 RBIs and whatnot. I'm a huge fan. I know Ryan's laughing over there and grimacing at my conversation here. But uh, I, I love what Christian Walker can do. You look at his um, his barrel rates, his hard hit rates, all that stuff. Still optimistic. The you know, hard hit rate dropped to 40%, which is not what you really, really want to see. But he's a heavy fly ball guy that um, I think can continue to flourish in the desert. So I love Christian Walker, especially for me. It's it's about you know getting a first baseman later with 30-plus home run upside and hitting you 250, 260. I like that quite a bit. When I, when I balance out my drafts, if I'm not taking one of those elite first basemen early on we talked about, I like being able to get a guy that's gonna because like we're gonna talk about these young guns coming up here where torque batting average could be an issue. Um, you know, Casas he might be the unicorn in the group or stuff like that. But Walker, we've seen it consistently for the last few years at least. Yep, you've got the you've got the Goldschmidt power without the Goldschmidt batting average and without the Goldschmidt stolen base uh track record. Well so, done. Well done. That, that's kind of well what I done. what I heard there. Um I'm just I'm no, semi giving you shit. I would oh. I would take Goldschmidt over Walker if we want to yeah. do well, we a little make, we can make some bets side bet there. Um Rasball end of year player raider. Mm-hmm. I do think I, I do think there is a ton of value in the consistent power of Walker with a batting average that's not gonna hurt. Like it, it was very impressive that Christian Walker made some pretty impressive just said that twice. Uh, strikeout rate gains in 2022, yet held them again in 2023 while maintaining the power. Um, I don't know where the hell the 11 stolen bases came from. That's what I'm a little worried about. Like, I mean, the previous three seasons combined, he had three. So, like, I don't know what that number is next year. I don't think we can expect 11, but I don't know, five, six, who knows. Um so, yeah, I think Walker's fine. I think Walker's fine. I think you're getting the power without a batting average risk that some of these guys, like you were just saying, with Torque going a little bit later, uh, carry. So I'm with you. I would just I, – I like Goldschmidt quite a bit more. Yeah, and I'll, I will be honest. Your discussion on Goldschmidt, at least 
didn't turn me off of him completely. Let's put it that way. Like I'm at least interested in, in looking into the fact uh, on this one, but we'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm loving Walker. We'll see how it goes. Last time I loved Walker was a few years back when he just fell off the planet and didn't do anything. So maybe you've all been warned. Let's put it that way Let's, and see where that one goes. I don't have a lot of shares of Walker, weirdly enough. I only have a couple, but I, I'm a big fan. Yeah, you took him. Uh, you took him in our draft. Yeah, no, if I six. can, if it works out, but that goes back to like the area of the draft you're in. Like uh, I'm the front end, a lot more inclined to get Christian Walker. Middle of the back, probably not going to happen. Type things. So that's the how, way how you can tell we have a sharp room is uh, Walker went at the end of the sixth round and Goldschmidt went at the beginning, of the, the sixth round. So. <laughs> Well, it's a tough room. Our, our definitions of sharp must be different. Um, the ninth first baseman off the board. And this is one of those guys, like I'm um, doing a lot of shows, doing a lot of DC shows on Bench with Bubba. Um, Spencer Steer is one that I'm really interested to see what his ADP is in a non-draft and hold format. Yeah. Because when you look at Spencer Steer right now, first base, <laughs> third base, outfit eligible, that carries insane weight especially for a guy with 23 homers, 15 steals, hit 271, like just helped all across the board, good play discipline. Um, right now he's projected to play left field because of the, you know, the infielders we're going to talk about that have been added to Cincinnati. But the fact he can play everywhere, and we don't care where he plays right now, just the fact we can play him everywhere, it boosts him up tremendously. So you got power, you got speed, a good batting average, amazing lineup offensively-wise, like fantasy-wise, really good ballpark. That's where Spencer Steer's up here for. I'm curious to see where that uh, domino falls later on, but for now, it's good. I think I have like one shares because it is draft and hold. And it's very valuable, but it's a hard. He's very, very difficult for me to draft. I'll be honest. It says there's so many moving parts in Cincinnati still, where I don't know where it's all going to end. So, what's your thoughts on Spencer Steer? Yeah, no, I think I, th- I think you made a great point on the draft and hold versus the Fab League ADP because yeah, you nailed it, Spencer Steer. I feel like that is what is propping up his market value semi-deservedly so i mean the projections do not like spencer steer compared to his uh colleagues going around him a lot of the projections are just they i mean spencer steer had what 15 stolen bases last year he had 17 career steals in the minors over three years like well real quick before i forget because you mentioned it with walker you just mentioned it with steer i know we're going to mention it a lot in these previews that might be the hardest thing we have to try to do as analysts is determine yeah. after one year of the new stolen base rule of like, is this who they are or was it like that much of a fluke? Um, just, I just wanted to say, cause I meant to say it after the Walker thing. I just forgot that is going to be probably the single hardest thing for us to figure out on a player by player pick by pick in a draft situation. And it's not, and yeah, that's a really good point. And it's not just that. I don't think we're, overestimating the steals i mean the the flip side to the the spencer steer and christian walker coin is like kyle schwarber who had one steal in 2021 10 steals in 2022 you'd think with the new rules he'd run more 10 steals maybe goes to 15 he had zero so like it's not just i don't think we're not it's not just not us adjusting to the the new environment there are there are cases where guys stolen bases go uh went way down in 2023 uh, as well. Marcus Semyon, he just he's on my screen. 25 steals in 22. Uh, went down to 14 last year. But anyway, um, Spencer Steer. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I just, the, the numbers are not there compared to like a Christian Walker, a Goldschmidt, um, even, even Casas, Torkelson, Josh Naylor, who I really like going after Steer. 
for me, the multi-position eligibility is not uh, there. It's not enough to make up for the what I think will be a lack of production. I, I think it's weird to say maybe he had a rookie year that was his career year, but I think that might be the case. My guy has Spencer Steer ranked 14th, and I feel like it needs to be farther down than that still. Like yeah. uh, The more I look into things, it's, it's one of those, if he does do like a 2015 again, okay, I can live with 14th. That kind of works as well. But um, it's like I have him behind CES in my rankings because if CES plays regularly, he's going to smoke him. Like in my mind, but that's the back to the whole conundrum of Cincinnati right now. I really need to see where the cookies crumble on this one. Like uh, taking chances is the way to go if you can uh, in your drafts with Cincinnati because could turn out really well, could also backfire tremendously. It's it's crazy. He got six hundred sixty five played appearances. Are you playing tons, Cincinnati? That's wild. That's why I feel like, and and the thing is also like we're saying like right now he's projected in the left field and you know there's all these players. If there's so many injuries every year, like like if as long as he stays healthy, there's a great chance he hits five of five fifty at bats again because he'll just play all over the place. Because we imagine Cincinnati is still going to trade for more pitching or something. Like there's a lot, or maybe Spencer Steer gets traded a part of the pitching and goes somewhere else. Who knows? Like uh, there's there's lots of ways for it. Alan De Leonardis in in pure Alan form in the chat. He he said he heard Spencer Steer was on an all wagyu beef diet and is in the best steak of his life. Oh man, never change, Alan. I love you. I absolutely, you're, you're, you need to write more books or something because you're, you're amazing. Absolutely good stuff there. Um, the tenth first baseman off the board, the final one we'll talk about here in the top ten, obviously. And he, this is one of them that I could see going even higher come main event season and whatnot. Is Tristan Casas? Right now, Casas has an ADP of one sixteen. The dude hit twenty four home runs, two sixty three average, and one hundred and thirty two games. We know – well, here's the conundrum, which you probably have info on because you're onto these kind of things. First half struggled tremendously. Second half was the man, the myth, the legend, Tristan Casas. Underlying metrics flip-flopped. First half, underlying metrics suggested he should have been so good. Second half, underlying metrics said Casas was way overachieving. So I guess the question is, who is Tristan Casas? And I believe the dude is a power machine. Like 40-plus home runs is a very high potential for him. But if you look at just the numbers we have, there's at least that kind of question. What do you have on Tristan Costa? So I have no problem. If you guys want to take him, totally get it. Um, I mean, I, the skills weren't that bad in the second half. Like, the, he cut down on the strikeout rate. He hit the ball harder. Where's his barrel rate first and second half? In the forecaster, the barrel rate is fourteen to thirteen percent. So, like, I don't know. He was he was still, I think, pretty still very good. good. It wasn't. He was not. I mean, he hit in the second half last year. Costas hit three hundred nine with fifteen home runs. Like, that's freaking yes. nuts. Um, I do. I like. I like Tristan Costas quite a bit. The other, um, the other good thing with Costas, and maybe this is just my bias against left-handed hitters. I feel like they are down, bound for platoons, but he got on base plenty against left-handed pitching yep. last year as well. So it's amazing you have a bias versus lefties being left-handed and all. What's your deal? Uh, we're just we're just you gotta weird, stay strong man. with our people, man. Come on. I couldn't hit a left I I saw a lefty pitcher when I was hitting and like <laughs> dude, it was I mean I couldn't hit righties either, but <laughs> that's why we golf. Even worse. That's why we golf. Yep. Um so I, I, I get the uh I get the hype around Tristan Casas. The projections like Chris, Tristan Casas because 
the underlying skills were there and he did improve the strikeout rate in season, which for me, for a young player, for a rookie, uh, basically Tristan Casas last year, like that's important for me. Uh, those adjustments that he made in his first kind of prolonged exposure against MLB pitching. The one thing that I'll throw in there is Casas did end the season with like shoulder inflammation, some type of shoulder injury. Um, just keep an eye on that in spring training. Make sure you're all we're, we're all good from there. If I start hearing shoulder stuff from Casas in the spring, I'm I'm ready to knock him down quite a bit, especially because so much of his game depends on power. But uh, but no, from what we saw from Casas last year, I think could easily be a uh, a top ten first baseman next year. Hundred yep, percent. And we're not going to talk about Torque on this show because he's coming up in the next world, but of, of next 10 but uh, i just want to mention that the thing with casas versus torque casas probably better average and you know counting stats in boston torque is your better power bat so it kind of depends on your team construction that's how i differentiate it from the two in a in a, in a you know in a, in a bubble just give me casas every time but uh torque can't be messed with i'll say that much yep. all right let's do 11 through 20 we each pick two like we've done before you have torque Josh Naylor, Salvi Perez, Yandy Diaz, CES, Christian Encarnacion Strand, Alec Baum, Vinny Pasquantino, Vinny P, Isak Paredes, Reese Hoskins, and Heimer Candelario. Wrap up your top, your 11 through 20. So, Bloom, who's your first one in this range? Uh, we're going we're gonna to carry forward the Naylor love from last week. Yes, keep, it, keep it in the family. We're going to go Josh Naylor. I absolutely love Josh Naylor, who at an ADP of the hell is it it's on the sheet 133 it's on the sheet but it's in a different tab man i can't find the freaking tab from anything i know it's somewhere that's why you print uh, things out right here look at this guy yeah that's why you got notepads and all kinds of stuff um i think for all the like love i spewed about paul goldschmidt earlier i think josh naylor is like paul goldschmidt going 50 picks later now we can agree on something hey there we go um josh naylor is a little bit of a unicorn at first base makes a ton of contact 14 percent strikeout rate last year which is really good and it's not hollow contact it's a it's an eight point it's an eight percent barrel rate it's 32 barrels that josh naylor hit on 17 home runs that that should roughly net out to like a 20 home run hitter and josh naylor runs uh, Josh Naylor stole 10 bases last year with pretty good success rate and Cleveland let him do it. So like, I think you're getting a high batting average. You're getting 20, 25 home runs if things break right. And you're getting like 10 steals. Um, that again is like very Paul Goldschmidt to me. Maybe, maybe not as much power, but go, at going 133, if you can get that kind of leg up and in, in speed and batting average at the position, I think that's a fantastic move. So Josh Naylor for me, um, like maybe I'll take him next in the ninth pick at 123. I'd be jumping ADP by 10 picks. That's nothing. And he won't come back to you. So and he won't come back. Um, I love Josh Naylor. I had so many shares last year. You pretty much nailed every reason why I drafted him last year. The thing, like, he only played 121 games last year because he got hurt. Um, it's one of those deals. If he ever put together 140-plus, you are talking 25-ish home runs, 12 stolen bases, and a great batting average because the dude could straight rake. 
So I'm with you on Josh Naylor. I've been a huge Naylor guy. I've like gone back and quote tweeted my tweet from preseason last year where I basically said, why is this man going too late and had the gift of Josh Naylor? Like he's, he's getting the least drafted a little more respectably now. I'll say that much. Last year, it was probably 250-ish, it felt like. Maybe I'm just speaking out of turn, but it was much, much later. He was a corner infielder. We're here. He's your first baseman, potentially. Um, yep. So I'm with you 100% on Josh Nader. I think that's a phenomenal pick. I'm going to go with Vinny P. This is one of those last year. Everyone was in love with Vinny P. Let's draft Vinny P. Gets the shoulder injury, gets shoulder surgery. Um, only ends up with nine home runs, 247 average in 61 games. And everyone kind of forgets about Vinny P. But even in those 61 games... Nearly a 10% walk rate, 12% strikeout rate. The the um, plate discipline continued to be great uh, since his entire career. His entire career, he's been a good batting average guy. Didn't have it this past season. Injury could have had a part two. Because he did come back, I think, at one point. And, and then they said, you know what? Screw it. You're done. Let's go have surgery. And that leaves me with a ton of optimism for Vinny Pascantino. And one, th- the thing is, average should be there. I think he's going to hit for a really, really good average. Steamers got him for 276. That's outstanding as you go deeper in the first base pool, especially if you look at the uh, bloom board here. Not a lot of green on this part of the draft when you're drafting first base. And there is 20, 20 to 30, I'd say by 25, 26 home runs. Uh, Steamers got him for 24. The ballpark will hinder him. There's no denying that in Kauffman Stadium. But the dude's still got a bunch of power. He's healthy. Like He's got a ton of videos out there. I've listened to him on uh, the Rose Rotation. He's a part of that. Just got married. Um, he's he's chomping at the bit to come play. This is like a, a, a good thing for Vinny P. So, and, and that Royals lineup is young and better than people think, I think, for at least fantasy purposes. Like, to win baseball games, they might still be in trouble. Who knows? But, you know, you have Bobby Witt. You have Salvi. MJ Melendez gets on base a ton. Then you have Vinny P. Like, uh, Velasquez drops bombs. Like they have talent in that at least top half of the lineup. And Vinny P is going to be right there to get on base and uh, drive in some runs. So I think at this point in the draft, especially as he could be your catcher, I mean, your, your corner infielder, like this is, um, I think, a really good value of a guy that was going, what, 70, 80 picks earlier last year. So yeah, give me Vinny P in this one. Big Bills fan, too. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Is he going to be uh, at the game freezing this weekend? Let's hope not. Let's hope not for your sleeper pick. Probably get hurt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. It'd be too cold. At least he's not going to Kansas City, so you got that going for you. Through a table or something. Um, I'm surprised Vinny P's ADP is 177. That's really late. That's much later than I thought. Especially when the videos started coming out. I'm like, oh, people are going to see that and start pushing them up. No. Yeah, yeah, I don't really care about the video. I mean, it's just like. I'm saying a lot of people do is my point. Yeah, yeah. I just, I don't know. You, you, you made a great case. So I'm not going to rehash. I, I agree with you. Um, and actually, this is so like so. My guy is uh, my next pick is but real quick. Ryan took like usually the two guys I take every single year. So it really melts my heart that he's on board this year with these guys. This is with good. who with Vinny P. No, with Naylor and Reese's pieces. Uh, with Reese's pieces, yeah. yeah. And he's my next dude, Reese Hoskins. So he's Reese Hoskins going 201. He's ridiculous. Is Kind of, yeah, ridiculous. Well put. Um, yes, he did not play last year. Yes, it was a freak injury. And yes, he'll be ready to go this year. No, he has not signed with a team yet. But yes, he will sign with a team. Reese Hoskins is someone who the previous two seasons has been a 30 home run hitter hitting 250 uh, with the skills to support it. 
And the forecaster said it best. There's no reason why, and I'm quoting, no reason why he can't produce at these levels again, no matter where this free agent lands. And like, I just think you're getting that type of bat, which isn't like, I mean, it's not a stud, but it's very productive bat at 201. Like, come on. Um, and I think even, even in general, like, I think you can definitely wait at first base if you want to, or get a good corner uh, with some of these guys with Naylor 133, Vinny P 177 and, and Reese 201 plus whoever you're going to say next. Yep. I love Reese. Obviously I'm really curious to see where he signs. I'm not really worried about wherever he signs. Yeah, I don't but really care, but yeah, like I obviously it would be nice to see a, a favorable landing spot, but um, my next guy talk about favorable landing spots, the candy man, Heimer Condelario, a lot of shares of, of the candy man last year, either through drafts or through fab uh, processes. The dude can hit. Um, I, I'm, I'm a pumped on the way. That worked out from Washington to Chicago, played 140 games, career high 22 homers, eight steals, uh, hit 251, which is actually down like he 271 in 2021, 297 in 2020. The power's gotten better since he left Detroit. That's always a positive, of course. Um, the barrel rate's been around eight to nine percent the last few years. The max EV's been consistent. The hard hit rate, you'd love to see more than 36. But this is kind of who he is. To me, he's a very, very, very good, like contact real life hitter like batting average guy that now gets to play in great american small park for half his games so we saw 22 home runs last year i think 20s back in the works there by both corner infield spots could dh um he's a better defender than christian and canarsie on strand so that's a plus as well for a team that you know has these young pitchers that could probably use some good defense behind him so i'm just a big big fan of candy man landing in that spot adp of 213 Gives you the luxury of a corner infield spot, or if you just wait, like Bloomfield said, and he's your first baseman, so be it. I I, I think I've had him as a third baseman in one of my leagues, honestly, as I just kind of waited, and then the Candyman showed up. If somehow he gets screwed out of playing time, I'd be shocked. But the reason I don't think he will, they paid him. The Reds paid Candelario. That doesn't happen in Cincinnati. <laughs> they don't pay many people. That's funny. That doesn't happen in Cincinnati. So that's usually a sign of we want him to play because he's better than some other guys on our roster. That's the way I see it. So, um, yeah, big fan of the Candyman at uh, ADP 213. I like it. I like it. All right, let's go ADP 21 plus. Who's your first guy? Uh, Brandon Drury, who I'm kind of cheating. I think he's the 21st. <laughs> uh, first baseman off the board. I'm not cheating, but I'm, I'm I don't know. I playing, playing the system as well as I can. Uh, yeah, so this is just continuing our tradition of hyping random Angels hitters mm -hmm. like Logan O'Hoppy and Luis Rangifo, and now we're, we'll do we'll do Brandon Drury. I just think I, I love the first and second base eligibility and the corner middle that comes with that. Like in the second half of the season, that that's huge. Brandon Drury has pretty much been a carbon copy the last two seasons, hitting two sixty three with. 26 to 28 home runs and the skills pretty much support that he's going to play every single day with the angels like it's um i don't know it's it's not a high ceiling pick but it's just someone who can who can plug some holes give some good production and uh i think at 232 that's um that that stands out i do want to give a shout uncle ted in the chat said no love for nate low um it's a good point. Nate Lowe is right between Candelario and Drury. 
and projected for the best batting average of the three with 22 home runs. So that's also a pretty good shout out to lots of options, lots of options this league. Uncle Ted just asked why is Joey Manisa's not on the list? He's util only this year. That's why didn't play enough games. He's pretty much DH'd all last year. Um, my first guy is A to the Rizzo. Anthony Rizzo somehow has an ADP of 285. Um, people look at stat lines incorrectly at times is how I'm going to say this one nicely. We know he got concussed and they played him for like two months after the concussion before he left. So I just picked a date where you could just, if you just want to look at game logs, you can see all of a sudden a lot of offers begin. So May 15th, basically a month and a half into the season, Anthony Rizzo was hitting 308 with nine of his, I believe, 11 home runs, 27 runs, 23 RBIs, um, striking out less than 20% of the time. He was barreling the ball nearly 10% with an almost 44% hard hit rate. Anthony Rizzo was playing kind of even better than Anthony Rizzo has in years past. And now, like, they could have brought him back last year if they had to. They said he was getting ready, but why, why would the Yankees do that? He is healthy. He's ready to roll. He's already training down in the Florida facilities for the Yankees. I have confidence that Anthony Rizzo at ADP of, again, 285 does not deserve to be this far down. I have him as my 15th first baseman. Like I am a big fan of Anthony Rizzo. Ooh, wow. That's Yeah, that's up there. I'm willing to be wrong at that ADP on Anthony Rizzo. Let's put it that way. I am willing to be very wrong on Anthony Rizzo. Because his projection at 258 uh, or uh, 242, 24 and 5, that's again a lot of projections taking three year averages and seeing that sub two batting average last year. Um, I, I just don't get it. I, I was still 244 last year when all things are said and done. It was 224, 248, 222. So you give me a 240 average. I guess it's so 242 is probably not as bad, but the power I, I think is just legit in the middle of that Yankees lineup. Like I, I don't get the ADP at all. Um, yeah, and if you're wrong on Anthony Rizzo, it's 285. Like exactly. So, um, oh, he was he was on my list. You you I, I gave you a few options. I appreciate it. Took him off my list, so that's uh, we're on the same page there. Um, before we go, I'm, our next both of our next guys are super deep, but Kevin Hastings in the chat makes a really good point. These last five or six guys that we've been talking about are why I stopped drafting early first base after my first couple of drafts. Um, this does seem to we haven't got to the other positions yet, or at least I haven't. Um, this does seem super deep. I know I said that last year <laughs> and it didn't quite work out, but um, there's just there's just a lot of talent mid to late part of the draft. Um, my pick for my my last pick for outside of the top 20 is our boy. Yep. Rowdy Telez, who is going. I mean, he's not even on the damn sheet. He's going at pick. 421 over the last 10 NFBC draft champions drafts. So him, uh, Telez signing with Pittsburgh has bumped his ADP a little bit, but still super, super cheap at that price. Um, I did a bloom board last week that was 13 hitters going outside the top 200 with uh, two things, an above average strike, a better than average strikeout rate and a better than average barrel rate. Very simple. You better than average at making contact. Are you betting better than average at hitting it hard um, over the last three seasons combined? And Rowdy Telez uh, pops 
absolutely pops on that list. Candelario is on that list as well. But over the last three years, a 21% K rate, 11% barrel rate. That's elite level stuff. I think Rowdy Telez is going to play at least against right-handed pitching. We'll see if Pittsburgh throws him out there against lefties. They, they should. What do they have to lose? Um, but you give that skill coming off of a really down year where Telez was hurt. Um, I think he's a, he's a smash outside the top 400. Yeah, big fan as well, obviously. We know that. And it reminds me a lot of when Carlos Santana went to Pittsburgh and then he kind of re- resurrected his career a little bit, at least enough to kind of be relevant again. Yep. I think Rowdy could do that and maybe more. Um, Uncle Ted, this one's for you because I had this written down before you even put it in the chat. My longer shot guy here is one Ryan Noda. Ryan Noda has an ADP of about 429, going right behind Rowdy Telez at the position. Uh, Ryan Noda, one thing, leads off. First right-handed pitching, great OBP skills in general. He'll play every game. Hit 229 last year, 16 homers. Missed a chunk of the season, or a couple weeks at least, due to a fluky jaw injury um, that <laughs> required some surgery. So that's not good, but um, the dude proved he can hit. The 34% strikeout rate is concerning, of course, but um, it took some time once he got back from the uh, IL to get comfortable again. In the minors, we saw like 25 homers, 20 steals, 259 in 2022, 29 homers in 2021. He had two back-to-back 14 steal seasons. I don't know if we'll ever see the big stolen base uh, numbers from Ryan Noda, but there is 20-plus home run power with a 250-ish average, give or take. And at this point in the draft, as a corner infielder or something, that's pretty spicy. Like, that's pretty good stuff. Um, the the projections have him for 19 homers, 6 steals, and a 211 in 125 games. I like to say he plays more than 125 games, honestly, because he plays versus lefties. That's just uh, – he's going to be the first baseman for the A's. That's just the way it works. So um, I like Ryan Noda quite a bit. And if you need him that deep in your draft, not a bad pick at all. So like me some Ryan Noda. Yeah, honestly, that projected line, if you do bump him, bump up his games played, like that starts to rival some of these guys going mm-hmm. in the top 20 at the position. Um, so I like it. Uh, one last – just. Quick bit on Noda. If you're in an OBP league, it's even oh, more huge. 16% walk rate, which is just which is awesome for OBP leagues. Yep. He is a monster. Uh before we have listener questions here, um, we'll wrap it up with this. After going through the players, you mentioned the depth at first base. How do you think you will attack first base in dress? How are you how do you want to go about it if you have all things were created equal? God, I think um I think I'm still fine taking like Freeman or Harper in the first round. Um, if not, I'd probably go like a, a Josh Naylor, Casas, Goldschmidt uh, around like pick 100-ish. If not, um, plan C would be to wait and take one of these guys that we just mentioned, Vinny P, Reese Hoskins, Candelario. Uh, Nathaniel Lowe, one of those guys. Um, I think there's – I didn't even talk about Justin Turner. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't want to – I guess I don't want to wait that long to take my first baseman. I still want to get, like – I feel like Goldschmidt or Naylor are kind of the two guys I want to get, and then my corner could be like a Hoskins. But um, certainly don't need to go crazy over uh, these early first, second rounders, especially if you're trying to build some stolen bases. Yeah, we're very similar. I would say it's um, I, 
I'm not going to say I'm purposely going to wait at the position. Like, if I get one of the elite guys early, like I said, I've been taking Alonzo because that power is just so much of a game changer uh, going on early in your draft. But um, I'm also fine taking those middle guys, like you mentioned, or waiting. Like, I have a ton of Anthony Rizzo already. Uh, like I said, I'm I'm cool being wrong on that. Like, I really am because I think there's so much there. A lot of Candyman, Vinny P's, those guys. I'm fine with that, especially, honestly, in a draft and hold where you can – maybe go after like two or three of those guys late to build your yeah. first base core. I, I'm totally cool with that. That's what I was just going to say. I think if you add, if, if you do wait for like the Hoskins, Vinny P type to get your first first baseman, grab another one pretty quick and yeah. kind of give yourself that reinforcement, put them at corner, um, but at least uh, give yourself kind of double the chance that uh, if you go late. 100%. All right, got some listener questions here for you. Listener questions slash comments, I should say. Um, do, 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 let's start out with. I have so many things on my phone. Um, See, man, I'm talking about all my tabs. Oh, yes, he's technology. That's why I write stuff down. Um, all right, Gerald Points says of the following, you can pick two. You can pick two. Um, we'll start with this: CES, Danny P, Manzardo, Candelario. Um, I'll go Christian Encarnacion Strand and Vinny P. Yeah, I'm with you. As much as I like the Candyman, I'm going with those two as well. Now, the other thing is, is out of those four, which one of the four would you offer up in a trade? And like, I'm guessing this is a dynasty league. Um, that's a tough one. Uh huh. Probably Manzardo, because the hype typically you your trade value in these leagues peaks before you really do anything in the majors. Yep. Yep. And there's rumors now swirling that he might start out in triple a anyways this year. So yeah, keep yeah. that one in mind folks. Um, John Wilder asks, uh, I know there are stats that can predict regression on home runs, homers versus barrels, etc. But is there a good way to predict regression, either positive or negative when it comes to RBI and runs? Counting stats that rely on your teammates are very difficult. I'm just going to throw that one out there. Uh, yeah. you, might, you might know better than I, but I think I'd correlate it, obviously. If you think, if you think I can hit for average and power in a good lineup, I think he's going to be positive correlated, but that's just me. Actually, that might have sprung an idea for a bloom board. Um, Sweet. Good job. Good job, John. John's <laughs> a good dude. I've He was in the, the, the game that just scored. He's been in some drafts we've been doing, so he's a good cool. guy. Cool. Um, so yes, that, that's the first thing that comes to mind is the team context, but that's not, that's not what I'm thinking of. Um, look at splits with runners in scoring position. What, what's someone's BABIP? What's their batting average runners in scoring position versus bases empty? Like if you believe or not believe in clutch, uh, so David Ortiz clutch, that, that's a whole another thing, but I would, I would posit that there are a bunch of guys who hit really well with runners in scoring position had super, we, we talk about Babbitt all the time as like an elevated batting average or not. Um, it could go both ways. You could see who, who had the highest Babbitt compared to, yeah, this is how the board's going to be. It's going to be highest Babbitt with runners on versus runners not on who bubbles up the most with the thought that those guys are more likely to pull back. Yeah, are RBI you do runners goal. runners on or runners in scoring position? Probably runners in scoring position. Okay. Probably Sorry. running in runners yeah. in scoring position. And then you could do the same thing with runs. You could when mm-hmm. when that when that player is in scoring position, what's the BABIP of their hitters that 
that hit. Well, you go. I'm looking forward to this now. That's a new board. I don't know if I explained that too well, but like, I, we'll that's, figure it out. That's generally what I'm what I'm thinking there. But but I don't. I have not seen to to kind of give a final answer. That I have not seen like a general study on projecting runs RB. It's it's very tough. So yeah. many things change with the, with teams with lineups. Mm-hmm. Um, you could go from ninth to first, and your runs in RBI can completely flip on each other's mm-hmm. head. So it's it's not easy. Yep, and also John is one of the gentlemen in the um, the, the listener leagues coming up. So awesome. keep that in mind. Uh, Eric Samolski he asks, "Do we think the home run projections for Vlad are a little high? His ground ball percentage is still around fifty percent. Only thirteen of his home runs were on pulled fly balls." which is the same rate as Massey and Heim was never a pulled fly ball guy in the minors either stadium changes for Toronto. Well, I think it's definitely too high, but we know my <laughs> thoughts on Vlad. So yeah. yeah, you don't need to answer that. Uh, the <laughs> projection is 36, which is, it's rich, which is pretty aggressive. I will, I will even admit as a Vlad stand here. And I, it's weird saying that cause I've never really been on the, on team Vlad, but 36 home runs is more would be Vlad's second, most in the season so Enrico's uh, Enrico's got a good point too by the way he says uh 2022 is still factored into most projections that use three-year averages 2021 so, that's yeah. I mean, yeah so that's another thing too but it should factor it in because it happened but we're talking about the minor league stadiums and everything so you got to kind of grain grain of salt he had a 15 percent barrel rate in 2021 which is one of the best in baseball <laughs> so wasn't just this wasn't just the stadium Fun one. Um, would you, would I, you take Goldie over Vlad? Uh, without ADP to mattering, just straight up, I take Vlad over Goldie. Okay, well, I was curious. I want to see how, how much you really loved Goldie. I was curious. I I take the under on a thirty-six home run projection for Vlad. I I'd say low thirties. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I, I he could look into that for sure. Um, <laughs> at Taylor underscore Bauer eleven says. Why is Alec Bohm going significantly above Ty France, Josh Bell, Andrew Vaughn, or Nathaniel Lowe? Yeah, I don't know. I've never been a Bohm guy. He hits for average, but that's about all he does for me. He does hit for average, which and he piles up a lot of plate appearances, and he's on a good team. So you do – I mean, that does also mean a good chunk of, of runs in RBI. So that's – Probably there, but like, yeah, looking at the HQ projections, Bohm is right in line with Lowe, Vaughn, Drury, Justin Turner. All of those guys are going well. Well, again, I've got the freaking sheet. Uh, all those guys are going what 30, 40 picks later yeah. than Alec Bohm. So it's a good question. It's a good yeah. question. Very, very good. Uh, Corey Jetson says, uh, looks like good year to get Vinny P. I think you're correct on that. One. Every year is a good year to get some Vinny P, except yep. last year. I, I, was last off, year. I was off the Vinny P last year. Uh, Thomas Travato says, how deep is the first ba- base pool? And what does this mean for how to make sure you can still draft the first base that slides if you select an Olsen or, or an Alonzo? So we kind of hit on that already. I think yep. it's crazy deep, and there's lots of ways to, uh, as they say in the Midwest, skin this cat. Um, and that's referring to a tractor, not a real cat. So please don't go there. Um, Schmitty says uh, at uh, Sim Bobby, he says, um, Rowdy Telez is, and he's got a Rowdy Telez gift. So yeah, we're on board with you there too, buddy. Rowdy. All right. 
that does it. Another awesome uh, preview in the books. At least, you know, I'm biased. I think so, though. So, uh, final thoughts, Bloom, before we, we head on out of here. It could be first base. could be anything. What's, what's your thoughts? And you get to keep your head coach at Oregon, so that's great, too. So, you got to be you're pretty happy. I got that that Friday afternoon back porch cold, freezing cold IPA might be pretty good this, this weekend. It will be freezing cold. We, yeah. we are getting, uh, I think, career, career lows. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me you podcast and talk about baseball too much without telling yeah. Uh, record lows in Oregon, like lows of like 12 degrees, which for here is pretty nuts. So, um, yeah, I'll just put the beers out back and drink them this weekend. Watch them, watch the bills win. Hopefully your dolphins do the same. Um, I have no hope right now. I'm just, I've lost all optimism. On be that a little team. chilly in Kansas city. Minus 30. Yeah. But, uh, but no, uh, good, good. I, yeah, I feel like we covered first base pretty well tonight. If anyone, if we did not cover anybody and someone wants our thoughts, we're always available on Twitter and happy to help with that. And we will move to what middle infield next week. Middle second infield. short, probably. Yep. yep. Second on Tuesday, short on Thursday. Keep on but, chugging. Yep. Yep. We'll be pounding through the, the, the previews. And before you know it, it'll be heavy fab draft season. Real soon. It's really not that far away. Like spring training is just over a month away. Cause I always say Valentine's Day is usually the around the point where they all pitchers and catchers report. So that's, that's we're booking your, folks. That's your new milestone for yep. Valentine's Day. That's, I've always thought that because it's yeah. always right around there. Give yeah, or take a day or two. Uh, depends on the team. So yeah, we'll be back with you guys next week. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Make sure you check out Ryan on Twitter at RyanBHQ, the podcast at Bubba Bloom Pod. I'm at BD Intric. This is Bub in the Bloom, episode 98, your 2024 fantasy baseball first base preview. Catch you all next time. Mm-hmm.